Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you. And help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, church. We are so glad that you're here as we start this brand new series entitled, This Is Us. This Is Us. And when I say us, I'm speaking of every person who considers Fellowship Church your home. If this is your home church, that, that's who I'm speaking to. And you might be here going, well, wait a minute. I don't, I don't know if this is my church home yet. Well, we want you to know we are so glad that you're here. And it's a perfect weekend for you to be here because we're going to talk about who we are as a church, why God put us here. And in this series, we're not just speaking about who we are as a church, but we're also speaking about who we are as children of God, as individuals. And um, it, we're going to be looking at, at what that looks like for each each of our lives, how we fit together. I don't know if you know this, but there are over 350,000 churches in the United States alone. That is a lot of churches, right? 350,000 churches, but each one of those churches is unique and it has its difference. There's, there's, there's unique, distinct differences for each of these churches. Uh, and that's because God has set our churches in different places to reach different people. It's, it's almost like you, you could say like each church has its own DNA, really. Like we, we look a little bit different. And those uh, distinctions between churches that will draw people to the church or unfortunately those distinctions can also push a person away from the church. But what we want to talk about in this series is a little bit about the DNA of Fellowship Church. And, and maybe if you've been here for a long time, you've heard some of this stuff before, but it's something that we don't want to forget because we want to make sure we are the church that God wants us to be because God put us here in Grand Junction on mission. That, that we're, it's not an accident. That Fellowship Church exists to connect the unconnected to Jesus Christ and together grow in full devotion to him. And today I want to talk about a couple of the core values, a, a little bit of the DNA, if you will, of our church that each and every one of us need to understand so that we can fulfill that mission that God has put us on here in Grand Junction. So we're, we're going to talk about what it looks like to be us. This is us. So someone say that with me. Say, this is us. This is us. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would speak to us, that we would recognize your love for us and how we fit into the body and, and, and what you want our church, what you want Fellowship Church to look like and act like and how we can learn and grow and, and, and right to get in line with that. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. So guys, quickly this morning, I want to give you four core values of our church and, and four things. If you don't have a notepad with you or something to write this down, I want to encourage you to take your phone out and take a picture of this. Make sure this gets down deep into who you are because we have to be these type of people to fulfill who we are as Fellowship Church. So here's four things we all need to understand. Number one, at Fellowship Church, we honor everyone. 
We honor everyone. Honor, honor. See, I know this word is kind of hard to swallow because we live in a culture and a society where nobody honors anybody. <laughs> it only takes a couple minutes scrolling on, on social media before you see that there's, there's no honor anywhere, that, that, that nobody's honoring politicians, nobody's honoring leaders, that, that parents aren't honoring teachers, teachers aren't honoring students, students aren't honoring teachers, that, that there's, there's no honor there, if there's no agreement, there's no honor. And I think the reason why is because we misunderstand what the word honor actually means. We, we see, we think we have to be in agreement with someone to honor them. But, but what honor is, is honor simply means to add value to. So if I say I'm going to honor you, what I'm saying is I'm saying I am determined to add value to you. Uh, I'm, a good example of this would be like a family heirloom, right? Like you might have a piece of furniture in your family that, that is, could be 50 or 100 years old. And, and really you could go down to American Furniture Warehouse or some other furniture store and buy a piece of furniture that is a lot nicer for a lot cheaper. But somewhere along the way, we started adding value to it because of who it belonged to. And because my great-grandfather had this table and chairs and then passed it on to my grandparents and they passed it on to my parents and they passed it on to me. Now we add value to it. There, see, there's, there's more value to it because what it means to me. So, so when we honor something, we add value to it. Uh, one of the ways where I've seen this that I find kind of ridiculous, you may have heard this story before, but if you were to go into my parents' house, you would see that there are two framed pictures on the wall. And, and these two framed pictures, they're, they're beautiful paintings, I'll tell you. Um, they're, they're two paintings that were painted by a young child by the name of Dan Hooper at, at the age of, I think, about 10 years old. And, and somewhere along the way, my mother decided that she was gonna add value to these paintings. She said these are valuable to her. So, so she, she honored them and she moved them from the refrigerator into a frame. I am a grown man with teenage children. Now, teenage kids in my own house and you go and you see paintings on the wall that aren't even worth five cents because, because I, they happened when I was a child. I wouldn't even pay five cents, but she has honored them. She added value to them. And at Fellowship Church, what we're saying is we're saying, we are going to honor everyone. Well, well what, wait a minute, I, I don't know about that. Where are you getting that? Well, scripture tells us this. Scripture says, Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. See, we're saying we're gonna, treat something differently because we want to add value to it. We've got to treat people differently because we want to add value to it. See, so many of us, we think though, that if I'm in disagreement with someone, what I really need to do is I need to give them a piece of my mind. Well, no one needs a piece of your mind. <laughs> right? No one, no one needs us to just take the first thought that we have and post it on social media. No one needs us to throw our opinions up on a bumper sticker. Nobody needs that because dishonor doesn't help anyone. Dishonor just cuts people down. It destroys. Dishonor destroys marriages. Dishonor destroys lives. It dishonor destroys identity. So we are determined to be people who, who honor. But what, what are you talking about? What, what is this? Honor, honor one another. Who, who's one another? Well, First Peter 
Chapter two tells us who one another is. Honor everyone. Everyone, that means we honor old people, we honor young people, we honor people we agree with and people we disagree with. We honor people that voted the same way we do and we honor people who didn't vote the same way we do. We honor people who drive trucks and we honor people who drive Subarus. We honor every type of people, you know what I'm saying? Why? You don't have to agree with someone to, to honor them. In fact, you can be in disagreement with someone and, and still add value to them, honor them. There are things that politicians do that I disagree with, but I don't have to dishonor them. In fact, when you dishonor someone, it says a lot more about you than it does about them. And when we, we decide we're gonna add value to someone, it's like there's gonna be times that, that we have to make a decision to do so even though I disagree with, with your stance, I disagree with your lifestyle, I disagree with your decision. I, I, I'm saying I'm going to add value. So there are people that do things that I disagree with but I don't have to dishonor. There are things you do that get on my nerves but I don't have to dishonor you. So this might be hard to believe and you might be shocked by this, but there might even be things I do that might frustrate you. <laughs> no, that probably isn't true. <laughs> no, I'm sure there's things that, that, that I do, but please don't dishonor me. Please don't dishonor me. See, we can, we, we can be in disagreement with someone and still at the same time, honor them. So at Fellowship Church, part of the DNA of who we are is we are going to be people who honor everyone. We're going to be people who honor men and women. We are going to be people who honor the old and the young. We are going to be people who honor our bosses, people who honor our employees, people who honor our teachers. If you're a teacher, we're going to be people who honor students. We honor people who think the same we do, way we do and people who honor the same uh, and believe the same way we do, but we don't have to agree with the person in order to honor them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you agree with me? That's part of the DNA of Fellowship Church. And this is what we need to know and what we need to understand is that's not just within the walls of this room. Fellowship Church is not a building, it's you. So, so that means when we go out into the world, we bring honor out into the world. So we are going to be the people at our job who bring the most honor. We are going to be the people in our communities who bring the most honor. On, on social media, when everyone's trash talking, we're gonna be the ones that bring the honor. Do you agree with what I'm saying today, church? So part of the DNA of Fellowship Church, one of our core values is we honor everyone. Number two, we expect God to move. We expect God to move. As a matter of fact, we're not hoping that God's going to move. We're expecting that he's going to. Not, not, not I'm going to church wondering, I wonder if God's going to do anything today. I wonder if, I'm gonna, if it's going to be effective for me today. No, every time we get together, we know God is on the move and we expect him to move. So we show up every week knowing God is doing something. And here's the truth. Every time we show up, he is doing something. He is changing lives. Every time we come together, there are, there are marriages that are being healed. There are people that have been discouraged and, and losing sleep and, and, and depressed and, and anxious and he's, he's lifting us up. There, there are people who are getting direction and vision and every time we come together, we are expecting for him to move. Not, not just wishing, 
This isn't Disneyland, like when you wish upon a star, right? Like God isn't a genie in a bottle, he's God. And he said, anytime two or more come together in my name, I will be there with you. So we expect that he shows up. So, so we have got to come into church expecting that God is going to move, expecting he's going to do something. Have you ever wondered why it is that you can come into a room where people are worshiping God and you see one person who's crying, falling out on the floor and completely affecting change. Another person over here, arms closed, uh, crossed. Another person picking their nose all in the same room. It's like, I wonder, are you expecting them? It's, it's like the, the frequency dial on a radio. It's like, are, are you tuning in to recognizing? Because you could tune into any station you want. You could tune into country music. You could tune in uh, to Christian music. But you have to recognize that, that it's out there and you just have to tune into it. And what we're saying as a church is we recognize that God is not just some big guy up in the sky. He's in this room with us now. And when we come into church expecting he's in this room with us now, then we're going, I'm tuning in because I want to, if he's in this room, there's something I could get from him. And man, I want that because I want, I, I need some help. I don't know about you guys, but I need help. My jacked up self needs to know what he wants to say to me today. My jacked up self needs to know how can I make it through tonight and sleep through tonight and not walk the floor and, and, and worry about things. So I, I, I expect him to move. I expect that he'll be here. And when you, when you look at it that way, it, it changes the way you come to church. Like, because if you're expecting God is gonna move today, now I'm not coming into church 20 minutes late missing worship. Now I'm not slipping out right in the, in the closing prayer because it, it could be in the worship time that, that God touches you and comforts you. It could be in the prayer time at the end. It, it could be when you're serving later. It could be when you're in the lobby talking to someone else, but God is on the move. And you might be like, well, no, I'm doing good. I don't need anything. Well, maybe it's those times when you feel like you're all good. You need to be here and God might be wanting to use you from how he blessed you to pour out and to, to minister to someone else and he might use you uh, to, to bless someone else. See, every time we come together, we expect that God will move. There, there's a verse that is so powerful that we need to understand as believers found in Hebrews chapter 11. Okay, this is out of the amplified version. It says, now faith is the assurance, the title deed. And I don't wanna insult anyone's um, intelligence in this room, but just in case you don't know what a title deed is, a title deed is a piece of paper that says, I own it. I own this land. I own this vehicle. I own this house. You can't take it from me. It already belongs to me. It's proof that I already own something. The Bible is saying that, that faith is the substance that says I own it. Okay. So, so as believers in Christ, we already own healing. We already own prosperity. We already own joy. We already own hope. We already own leadership. We already own peace, right? We already own abundance. We own these things, right? So it says, now faith is the assurance, the title D, confirmation of things hoped for. See, hoping is not wishing. Hoping in the original language is the same, divinely guaranteed right? Our faith is the evidence of what we know is going to happen because we believe God. Since I believe him, I, already, I know that I already own all of these things that he's promised to us. 
and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by physical senses. So what that means is even though I might not be able to see it or I might not be able to feel it, even though the circumstances of my life might not look like I'm doing good, I'm going to act and believe as though God is moving in my life because I expect him to move in my life. So as Fellowship Church, you got to understand part of the core of who we are is we expect that God will move. Not that he just occasionally moves, but that he's constantly moving that he's constantly talking, that in this room now he's lifting people up, in this room now he's breaking addictions off of people, that, that he's moving. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe it? Because it's part of who we are and we're never gonna let that slip. We're gonna choose to, to trust that God is always moving. So number one, a fellowship church, part of our DNA, we honor everyone. Number two, we expect God to move. Number three, we refuse to do life alone. I refuse to do life alone. See, now let me just be honest. I know there are a lot of loners in this room. I know there are a lot of people who would would just choose to to slip in to the back of the service and and slip out, who, who would just choose to do life alone, but we believe that, that no good comes from being alone. We, we believe that God created us to be together, that he created us to live in community. In fact, that's why we named this church Fellowship Church. Fellowship, you just heard it in our announcements, means friendship, it means companionship, it means com- community. We're saying we do life together. So, so if you're part of Fellowship Church in the name Fellowship Church, you're saying, I'm saying I'm not gonna be a loner anymore. I'm going to connect with other people. And it means stepping out and saying, I, I'm gonna get out of my comfort zone and I'm gonna connect with other people. And that's why we have so many different opportunities to connect whether it be in classes or small groups, whether you're serving on some ministry team, it could be in security, it could be 4640, wherever it is, we give you these opportunities so that you're not doing life alone. Because the truth is, we do a lot of stupid on our own, right? How many of you would attest to saying, when you do stuff on your own, you end up doing a lot more stupid than you would? And I'll even take it a step further and say, sometimes I leave people out of my decisions because I know it's stupid. (laughs) It's like, I'm sorry if you sell boats. Like I apologize if you sell boats right here in the middle of the desert, but let me just tell you a story. Like, (laughs) Like several years ago, I decided I wanted to buy a boat and I made a conscious decision in my mind. I am not going to tell anyone that I'm going to buy a boat. Why? Because I knew that people being around me would go, Dan, you live in a desert in Colorado. 11 months of the year that's gonna sit in your garage and then you're gonna take it to the lake once and then you're gonna pay to have it winterized and then put it back in your garage. Just a dumb idea, Dan. Why did I not tell anyone? Because, because if I had people around me, if I would have brought like, you know, five or 10 of my close friends around me to, to come to the boat dealership, they'd be like, Dan, buy snowshoes. <laughs> like, <laughs> wrong state, bro, <laughs> right? But, but take it further than that, how often do we do stupid on our own? Like, 
Wouldn't it be better if you had friends around you that said, no, no, don't, don't treat your spouse like that. No, no, see, it's not gonna work out for you to make that type of decision. You, 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 you gotta, maybe you should reprioritize something in your life. When we have other people around us, it, it helps us grow, it helps us change, and we need people around us that will help us. The Bible says this in Acts chapter four, talking about the church. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. I wonder, are, are you sharing everything you have with each other? I'm not talking about money right now. I'm not saying like pull out your money and give it to the person next to you, nothing like that. I'm saying, I'm saying are, are you sharing your successes with one another? Are, are you sharing your failures with one another? Because you just admitted you do some stupid stuff too. I would rather learn from your stupid than me having to go through that stupid as well. Right? Wouldn't that be helpful if like you, we had people around us so we shared with one another and it's like, you know what? It, when you do that in a marriage, it hurts your marriage. So don't do that. When you do that in business, it hurts your business. Or you could do this and it could be successful. You could line your family up with God's plan this way and it could be successful. This is a good way to parent. It could be successful. We need to share everything with one another. See, we refuse to do life Alone, The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. You recognize that? There's so many of us, we try to get through life going, ah, I think I'm fine, I'm good on my own. Well, God looked at it and said, no, you're not. I want you to be in community. So that's why we, we again, we stressed it. Whatever you're doing, do it with other people and not just, what do I mean by alone? I'm saying if you don't have other people who believe in Jesus Christ and are following him and trying to model their life after Jesus Christ and believing in him in your life, then, then you're doing it alone. So you need other people around you. So we gotta find people who in all different areas of life, we can, we can share life together. You're already living life, so just do it with other believers. Like we've got groups here for everybody. Like weird groups, right? we got biker groups here. It like, like the type from like, if you like leather, we got a biker group for you. If you like spandex, we got a biker group for you. Like, <laughs> we, we got some, it, so if you, we got all sorts of weird, like if you're gonna get together, if you're gonna eat pizza by yourself, you could eat it with someone else. You gotta, you gotta connect that way. So you gotta invite other people to do life with you. Here's a beautiful story uh, of one of these stories in our church of people connecting together. Take a look at this. I was invited to Fellowship Church by my best friend, Sarah. Sarah and I met through playing roller derby together, and I had no idea when she first joined our league that we were going to be best friends. We quickly realized how much we had in common, and roller derby became the core of our friendship. Everything we did had roller derby attached. Road trips, watch parties, playing, competing, learning, we were obsessed. What was really neat about our friendship though, and we didn't know it at first, was that we had a totally different common ground, and that was God. See, I grew up in churches most of my life, but never really felt like I was ever truly at home. At this time in my life, uh, my family and I were attending a small church and things were going okay. But for me, it was just sort of a routine and almost like an obligation. I was having a hard time really finding God and feeling I, I was getting anything back. 
almost as if I were alone. My husband and I came to the same conclusion that we needed a change. I talked to Sarah about our needs and how we were feeling empty, and it was right then and there that God opened up that opportunity and gave her the wisdom and words to invite my family to Fellowship Church. It took us a little while to accept the invite, but we finally did it. It was the first Sunday of the new year in 2014, and Sarah gladly saved us seats. Who knew we would be front row? I quickly knew that this was home for the first time ever. I knew that Fellowship Church was exactly where I was meant to be. In October that same year, we began serving in 4640, then not too long after we joined Green Team. God began to show me a passion for youth ministry that I never knew existed. On top of that, He showed me a passion that I had inside of me for Him, and that blew me away. God has revealed Himself to me in so many ways, and what makes it so special for me is that it was just in the way I needed. I am obsessed with God and His love for me, and I am so grateful that Sarah planted that small seed in inviting me to Fellowship Church. And it might mean stepping out of your comfort zone, but we refuse to do life alone. So part of the core values of Fellowship Church, the DNA, uh, number one is that we honor everyone. Number two, we expect God to move. Number three, we refuse to do life alone. And then the last one I want to talk to you about today before we leave is that number four, we forgive often. We forgive often. And I say often because you are going to have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to be offended. And people are gonna wrong you. People are gonna wrong you here. I'm gonna say things that are gonna, it's gonna frustrate you. You're gonna have different times in your life where you are going to have to forgive, not just once, but over and over and over again. See, forgiveness is not just a one-time thing. It, it, it could be a daily thing. It can be a, an hourly thing. Depending on who you're dealing with, it could be like an every second type thing, right? We, we've got to recognize that to be a part of a church community, to be a part of a church family, we have to learn to forgive often. The Bible says this in Colossians. It says, it says be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive. Notice that it says quick. It doesn't say wait seven years and then forgive. It doesn't say wait till you feel like they've paid for it enough and then you can forgive. No, it says be, be quick to forgive. Be even tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and as completely as the master forgave you. Hey man, that is a powerful verse for those of us who are Christ followers in this room. Uh, to forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. Quickly and completely. Let's think about that for a moment. For those of us who are Christ followers, we, we've all done a lot of stupid things. And God doesn't hold those stupid things over our head when we come and we ask for forgiveness. No, it's not, it's not like Jesus like, well, let me think about this one. Let me get back with you. <laughs> No, every time we fail, he's so faithful to forgive us and to move on. And I know there are a lot of hurts in this room. There are a lot of hangups. There are some things that have happened in your life, a lot of pain where, where you, you, you look back on it like you just, you don't understand what I've been through and, I, and, and, and it hurts and it's, it's hard to forgive. I get it. I get it. And I'm not trying to diminish the pain that you've gone through, but I think that one of the reasons we struggle with this is we, we misunderstand what forgiveness means. 
Because you've been told forgiving is, is, is forgetting, and that's a lie. Because you might never forget what they did. You might never forget what they said to you, but, but I'm telling you that if you want to live the life of fulfillment that God wants you to live, if you want to live the life of hope that he, you're supposed to live as a Christ follower, you, there are gonna be some things where you are going to have to forgive the, of the past and move on from the past. It's not saying forget what happened, but you're saying, I'm not gonna let what happened in the past move into my future. I'm gonna move forward. What is forgiveness? Well, forgiveness is just forgiveness giving a debt. It's saying, you don't owe me what I was holding over your head that you owe me. And maybe for some of you, you've, you felt stuck in life because you're waiting for an apology that you may never get. Some of you, you feel stuck in life because you're waiting for, for retribution. You're waiting for something to happen to them. You're waiting and see when, when you say, okay, I no longer am going to hold that debt over them anymore. I'm going to release that. Now you're free to where it doesn't have to come into your future. It can be in the past. And if you're gonna be a part of a family, if you're gonna be a part uh, of a job for any period of time, if you're gonna be a part of a church, you have to learn how to forgive often. Yeah, because if you don't forgive often, people who don't forgive, they leave their family. People who don't forgive, they leave their church. People who don't forgive, they go from job to job to job to job. And if you want to be successful and be fulfilled, you have to forgive often. And that is one of the core values of our church. And we see it because just like this verse says, like, like just as quickly and completely as the master forgave us, we're not coming up with saying forgive often just because we know we're jacked up, but no, we're saying forgive often because, because he forgave us and we didn't even deserve it. So what I wanna do is I wanna pray over you today and um, before we leave and after this, I'm gonna ask our altar workers to come down and if you wanna stick around after this service, maybe you've never received uh, forgiveness from God. You've never started a relationship with him. This would be a great time to come and have one of our prayer counselors pray over you and walk you through that. Or if you need prayer for anything, if it's important to you, it's important to God. So if you need a prayer over anything, we'd love the opportunity to pray with you right after this service is over. So stick around and come down to the altar after this. But let me pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help instill into us the type of church that you want us to be, having the values that you want us to hold so that we could complete the mission that you've put us on here in Grand Junction. That, that we would be people that would help connect the unconnected to you and together grow in full devotion to you. So help us, God, to not just come in and do life the way that we want to do it, but help us do life the way you want us to. So God, we pray that this, this core value, uh, these four that we talked about today, would just like uh, infectiously spread through our church and, and, and we would be this not just in the walls of this building, but we would be who you want us to be in our community. We love you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for how much you care for us, God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. I love you, church family. Let's give our God a shout of praise. We'll see you next Sunday. <clears throat> Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner 
and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you're Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week.